Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. It's wonderful to be able to share with you this morning as we're journeying through Lent, which is the season in the life of the church leading up to Easter. It's a time of self-reflection when we look at Jesus's sacrifice for us. And then we look at our lives and we think about how they reflect Jesus's life and those ways where they don't reflect Jesus's life. And we think about what do we need to do to, to be more like him and how can we become more reliant upon him? So we're talking throughout this month about real ID, real identity. What's the real identity God gives us that God wants us to live out of? And today we're talking about what's, what's the good life? What's the life God has designed for us? Because there are a lot of people out there, uh, there are a lot of organizations with a different idea, a lot of cultures with a different idea of what the good life is. And one of the important ways that we seek to live out of our real identity and live the good life God wants for us is by trying to begin each day by reading our Bibles and praying, or maybe ending each day by reading our Bibles and praying. And so if you've been with us, you know that beginning in August, we began reading through the Bible in a year, and we have a reading plan that you uh, that has a uh, an amount of scripture that's just right for you and it's at concordunited.org slash Bible. Even if you haven't done it yet, we encourage you begin today. And this is how God really helps us grow more into that identity, more into that good life. I'm aware at this time of year, a lot of us are out working in our yards, some because that's what we love to do. There's nothing more we love that we love to do than pull weeds and put seeds in the ground. And others of us, it's because our neighbors pull weeds and put seeds in the ground and we are guilted into having to do it ourselves. Well, however you are when it comes to taking care of your yard or your property, the only way anything grows in nature is for a seed to be planted, right? Well, and sometimes those seeds grow quickly and sometimes it's years. It's the same way with Bible reading and prayer every day. That's daily allowing God to plant seeds in your life and some will bear fruit quickly and some it will be over time. And you might never know exactly where it came from, but over years and years and decades, you'll see fruit and things will happen in your life because of, of those seeds. And so uh, we're seeking to be more like Christ, to grow in our faith, to be more like Christ, and to ask ourselves, what's, what's the life Jesus really wants for us? What, what is this good life? Well, when we ask what the good life is in terms of 21st century American culture, it usually has to do uh, with, uh, with wealth, health, and winning, right? Wealth, we, we, we want to be wealthy, uh, we want to have resources, uh, we want to be healthy, uh, we want to feel good, we want to, to look good, and, and then we want to win. We want to be a little bit wealthier and a little bit healthier than other people, right? That, that's a lot of American culture. Uh, competition's baked into our culture. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know what, what's it say that we have the uh, you know, right to pursue happiness? 
Well, we often do that with wealth, health, and winning. And there's, there's nothing, in essence, wrong with any of those things. In fact, many of those things are, are good things and, and blessings that, that God gives us. Winning, you can go a little too far with. Wealth and health, we'd wish upon anyone. But they fall far short of the life Jesus shows us. Far short of the good life that God describes. And if you've spent your life pursuing those things, you might have had this experience of having to decide what you do when you get what you've always wanted and realize you don't want it that much anymore or it's you know not as just not as great as as you always thought it would be you you ever have that experience as a child like you always want this one like toy or like this bicycle or something and you save up your money and you save up your money and you beg your parents and you save up your money and you mow the lawn and you get extra money and you save it and you get it and then after a couple of weeks, you're like, eh, it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes that happens to us in life. We pursue a type of life that everybody says, this is the good life. This is what will make you happy. And you get there and you're like, well, is, is, is this really it? Is this really it? And Jesus today uh, shows us what the good life is. Uh, the Apostle Paul tells us about it in his book to the Galatians. And the Apostle Paul uh, grew up as a Jew and a Roman citizen. And he was really, uh, had this interesting background where in Rome, not everybody got to be a citizen. If you were a citizen, you had extra pr- privileges, right? And in Judaism, Paul wasn't just any uh, person who went to synagogue, Paul was a leader. He was kind of one of the Pharisees. He was one of the up-and-coming Jewish leaders, and he was into it, and he thought he could get God's approval by, by following the Jewish law, and that that was the good life, to enjoy the privileges of Roman citizenship while being faithful to God following the Jewish law. That was the good life Paul was pursuing, and then his idea of the good life just got totally blown up by Jesus. Because he encounters Jesus and Jesus' grace. And at the time, Paul was so into following the Jewish law that he thought any Jew who was following this, this hypocrite and this heretic named Jesus, not only should they be silenced, but they might be, he might want them to be imprisoned. At one point, he actually oversaw the execution of a Christian named Stephen. And so that's, that's what Paul, Paul completely thought he was doing the right thing. We don't have any evidence that during that season of Paul's life, Paul wrestled with a lot of guilt. He thought, yes, I'm doing what God wants. I am living the good life. And then he met Jesus and everything changed. And he realized that this life wasn't just about following these particular laws and enjoying these particular privileges. He realized that the good life came out of Jesus and out of his, his grace. And that the good life didn't put us above others because you know Roman culture back then it's a lot like American culture in many ways today they were the richest empire in the world that's really what what we are we wouldn't call ourselves an empire but we're the richest nation in the world right Uh, they pioneered a lot of medical technology and they cared a lot about fitness that's that that's a lot like us they they liked winning you know, the, the, they were on top. And, you know, they, they, they set the rules. There, there's a reason why barbarians are called barbarians because that's what the Romans named them, right? The, the, they didn't say very intelligent people from other countries. They said barbarians. Well, that's what the Romans liked. And then Paul saw, oh, wait, 
this is so different. Uh, there's this kingdom I can be a part of where it's not about how good you can follow the rules and if you can be powerful, more powerful and, and higher above others, where, where we're all the same. And there's this Jesus who told stories and like of people going to a vineyard and one would work a full day and one would work a half day and one would work a quarter day and they all get the same in the end. And Jesus thought this was great and it totally goes against Roman values. And I think this is great now. And I hope you think that's great too. By the way, if you don't think that's great, we're gonna preach on that this summer, so we'll get to you. Uh, but Jesus saw, or Paul saw how different this could be. And he wanted everybody to know so he went all the way around the Mediterranean world saying the good life isn't what you thought it was. It, it's very different. And he went to these churches in a region called Galatia. And, and he preached this message. And many of the people there who accepted this message were Jewish. Some were Roman. And he said, you know, you, if you're not Jewish, you don't have to follow all the religious laws. You just need to, to follow Jesus. And there are some things that you need to do to, to follow, to grow in your faith. But all these cultural laws we have, you, you, don't, you don't have to eat certain things. You, 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 don't have to, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to sacrifice on certain days. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Just, just follow Jesus in the life he, he preached and, and, and taught. And then Paul's message resonates. I mean, it's so countercultural. People ju just rise up to follow and then as they do, more preachers come. And P Paul leaves and starts churches in other areas. And these other Christian preachers come in. And they, they begin preaching to the Galatians. And they begin teaching them something a little different than what Paul had taught. And have you ever had this experience? Like, you, you're watching TV and they bring somebody on, sometimes on a news show, and this person is like a Christian and they're pastor in some denomination or of some church or uh, they, they have some standing in the Christian community and they start talking about what Christians believe and you're going, no. I, I mean, you know, you sit there and you think, I bet that person's a nice person. But every time they open their mouth, I just want to take my palm and slap it as hard as I can against my forehead. Because you think that's not what Christians believe. That's kind of how Paul felt about the Christian preachers who, who came to uh, Galatia after him. Because they taught that the people, they said, yeah, it's nice that you've accepted Christ, but if you really want to be Christians, you need to go back and not only believe in Christ, but you need to follow all those Jewish laws. And so I want to read to you out of the Greek exactly what Paul has to say about those people. Now notice he doesn't mince his words. As for the teachers that came after me, bless their hearts. Koine New Testament Greek right there for you. Bless their heart. Yeah, they probably meant well, but they were teaching something that was very dangerous, right? They, they were teaching something that, that didn't give you the foundation you need for your life. And Paul wants to show the Galatians that this foundation comes from living uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, and this life that Jesus has for us. And he shares about this in the fifth chapter to the Galatians. And this actually is a real translation from the Greek. Uh, so if you'll hear this with me uh, as we pick up with the 16th verse live by the spirit I say and do not gratify the desires of the flesh for what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh for these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not subject to the law now the works of the flesh are obvious Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissension, factions, envy, envy, 
drunkenness, carousing. Doesn't that sound like a word your grandmother would use, carousing? Um, And things like these. I'm warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. So do you notice what he does? He said, okay, you you have all these laws. And he he lists, if you don't, you know, all, all the negative things that those laws are supposed to prevent. He says, you don't want to do that anyways. Like, don't, don't worry about every little letter of the law, but, but you don't want to get into that. That's, that's not God's plan for you. But you need more than just a set of laws that will tell you what not to do. A, a negative goal is never as powerful as a positive goal. A ne- negative vision is never as powerful as a positive vision. And you know this. Uh, th- think about it. H- how many of you have a vision to like lose, I want to lose some weight, right? That's a negative vision. And, and it's a negative vision because if you follow it long enough, eventually it will become unhealthy. Because eventually you'll get to the point, if you keep doing that, it won't be good for you. And all it ever reminds you of is how you're not what, yet what you want to be, right? But a positive goal is I want to be in shape. I want to have more energy. That's a great goal because you can always pursue, you can always pursue that goal and it gives you a positive vision what Paul says is this life Jesus has for us it's not just about the negative what we shouldn't do it's much more than that it's about the positive what what we should do and he shows us that good life in the fruit of the spirit now there's this misconception that the teachers in Galatia who came after Paul had and their misconception was that God accepts you because of your fruit. Because you follow the law, you're accepted by God. When what Paul's saying is God doesn't accept you because of your fruit. You produce fruit because you have accepted God. Because you've accepted the grace of Jesus Christ. Then all of a sudden this fruit just naturally comes from your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's... That, that's what begins to happen. And sometimes in big ways where everybody can see and sometimes in small ways where only a few can see. But th- this is the natural byproduct of Christ dwelling in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when you make that move from seeking to be good so you can earn God's approval to living out of your gratitude from God and allowing these things to flow naturally out of your lives, it's amazing how it just overflows. It just overflows. You heard in the announcements today, we're, we're starting a thrift store. And we, we just began, we're, we're so excited about that. Many of you ha- have brought in items th- this weekend and, and it's open and, and you, can, you can do that. We're excited. I, I really hope you get to meet our store manager. Her name's Penny. Uh, she's a, a strong person of faith. She has experience working in the, in the retail world. In fact, she just got done being one of the managers of Smoky Mountain Knife Works. So I, I like to think that we have redeemed her from the weapons trade <laughs> and helped her engage in the Lord's work. Uh, also, we have uh, Jane Curran and Marilyn in our missions department and a whole thrift store team. They've put so much into this. And I was asking them, I said, what are you most nervous about? They're like, that will get too much stuff. Uh, you know, and 
because they know your heart and they know what it is when people live, you know, generosity is one of the fruit of the spirit. And they know when people have made this shift to living out of gratitude for what God's done for them, that we know you could make hundreds of dollars on Facebook marketplace with this stuff, but you choose to give it to your community, to, to people in need, to, to, to make a difference. Some of you are like, I didn't know I could make it on Facebook market. I'm looking that up right now. Sorry, shouldn't have given it away. But for most of you, you already knew that and you chose, you chose to, you know, be, be generous because that's just the, the fruit that, that comes out. Same way in Ukraine, I'm connected through social media with a bunch of our United Methodist pastors in Ukraine. And when the, this invasion first started happening there, there was this big concern in the church. We've got to make sure uh, we get our pastors out. And our, our pastors in Ukraine have said to us, we're not leaving because there's still ministry to do here. And all our people haven't been able to leave. So we're going to turn our churches into bomb shelters. And we're going to gather supplies and we're going to take them out to people in need. And when people lose their homes to, to the shelling, we're going to help them find new places. And that's how we're going to be the church right now. It just, it, it just overflows this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, and self-control. It's, it's amazing, the self-control to stay in ministry when even your life's in, in danger. But that's what begins to blossom. That's the work God begins to do. And so it's the fruit of the Spirit. They show us what the good life is. If you're wondering, what's the good life? What should I really be pursuing? I can't tell you exactly, uh, you know, what, what career to pursue. I can't tell you exactly how you should set up your calendar for, for each day. But I can tell you this. It's going to involve love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's going to involve that and it's going to involve you growing in that throughout the rest of your life. So I want to ask you this question. Do you see more fruit of the Spirit in your life now than last year? Than five years ago? Than a decade ago? It's one of the best ways to tell, am I growing closer to Christ? Am I, am I stuck in my faith? Am I falling away? Or am I, am I growing closer? Now, I should also say that um, there are uh, different... Um, like there are different seasons of life and some of us are real self-reflective and that we can beat ourselves up on this stuff. And so like, for, for instance, uh, generosity. Well, there are times in life uh, when financially you have plenty uh, and it's easy to, to give. And there are times in life when you don't have that much and it's harder to give. Well, generosity isn't about how much you give. It's about what you do with what you have, right? To, to help others. And for, for instance, the, you know, patience, we often beat ourselves up when we lose our patience. Uh, well, um, let, let me tell you, I, I lose my patience a lot more now than I used to. And there's a reason for that. Kids, <laughs> right? But let me tell you, like, they're the greatest thing in the world. Like, I mean, I, I would tell there's there's nothing nothing better in this world, and I, I just like, but it means I, I lose my patience some, and like they're here right now. And they're like, yeah, yeah, he does, he does. I'll, I'll tell you about it. Uh, but so it, it's not just about some kind of checklist 
they're different seasons of life. But I hope my kids would also say, yeah, he doesn't lose his patience quite as much as he used to. Yeah, I, I, I see him trying. It's about where are we going? Are we getting closer to Christ? And I want to tell you about two people who really showed me this weekend a, a vision of the good life of what it means to, to, to follow Christ. And um, th- we've got a picture of them that we'll show you. This was last night at the Knoxville Covenant Health 5K. And we had some folks from our church do it. You'll notice the lady in this picture is Pastor Brooke Hartman. And Pastor Brooke is just a few months removed from completing radiation and chemo treatments. And one of the things as I've gotten to work with her and talk to her on a daily basis that I didn't realize as she got back into trying to get in shape and work out is how much of your body that stuff affects and how much it takes away and how hard it is to get it back. And this was her first 5K. She'd never done one of this, these even before cancer. And she told me it was scary, but she did it. Not only did she do it, she got nine minutes faster than her goal time. I mean, she was flying and just amazed me. And the man in the middle there, some of you may know, his name's John Rapowitz. Now, five months ago, I got a call from John's family. His wife is Pat, and she was a long time, for decades and decades, the director or one of the directors of our preschool. John's had a massive stroke. We're not sure he's going to make it. And then... A little later, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Well, here's John five months later completing the 5K. He, he was in a wheelchair when his very much struggling uh, with one side of using one side of his body. And his therapist came up and said, next spring, you and I are doing a 5K together. Well, th- this was it. And it was just amazing to see John cover those 3.1 miles. Amazing to see his family and friends from all across the country come in to uh, go through the the 5K with him. And if you were to ask, John, if you were to ask Brooke, well, do you have more of the good life now than you did a year ago, two years ago? Wealth? It's hard to build wealth when you're dealing with a major medical event. Health, not what I thought it would be at at this point in my life a couple years ago. Winning, they did real well. They did not win that race. Um, But if you say, do do you have more love, joy, peace, patience? Have you learned something about patience through your illness? Have you found a joy and a new appreciation for what you have in life? A peace of knowing that even when it all falls apart, God's got you. A love of seeing those you love the most rally around you. A kindness of a deeper understanding of what it's like for others to really go through hard things. A generosity of wanting to help others because you've been at a point where you've really needed their help. Uh, A faithfulness of knowing that others did and God didn't give up on you when you were so weak you couldn't do much and you want to be faithful like that for them. A gentleness of not expecting too much out of life or too much out of others but being able to receive life as it comes. A self-control of keeping on going when everything hurts and everything's going wrong and you're not sure how it's all going to work out. I think they'd all say that, I think they'd say they've been living the good life. I think last night was just a big celebration of how God, how Christ has given them 
the good life, the, the, life, the life that we all want, the life that really matters, the life that really makes a difference. And so today we have that choice before us. Do you want to spend your life going after wealth, health, and winning? If you do, I, I hope you get it. I'd wish that for any of you. But I also hope you don't set your heart on it because I think there's something greater. I think there's a life that's actually good, not just enjoyable. And I think that's what Christ shows us here. If you'd like that life, I'd invite you to pray with me right now. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the fruit of your spirit. It does not come from us. It is your gift and you work it through us. We put ourselves in your presence at your disposal. Oh Lord, make us more loving, more joyful, more peace-filled, more patient. Make us gentle, uh, full of self-control, kind and generous. Oh Lord, make us like you. And when others see the fruit of the Spirit growing in us and exhibited in our lives, don't allow them to simply admire us. Allow them to see you through us and to find you and to know you. We pray this in your name. May you have all the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.